This episode of Down to Business is brought to you by TF Moran, a leading land planning and engineering firm with offices in both Bedford and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review, bringing you our Down to Business podcast for October 7th, 2020. Uh, third time's the charm, and I uh, just wanted to say that uh, we've been doing this for many months now, and we have Lisa Riley here, our associate editor, to talk with us about this. One of the one of the things we've been following over the months of doing the podcast, and actually for many years at the Business Review, is the growth in exporting by New Hampshire businesses, manufacturers, and technology companies in particular. And uh, you know, by when COVID struck, it really hit them pretty hard, like many, so many other businesses. And Lisa's, Lisa's been writing about this for a long, long time. And actually, wrote, I just had a story in our paper in the, on the website, and will be in the, in the publication that comes out on, on Friday, about the STEP grant, this grant through the federal government to help uh, businesses uh, that export to other countries. And uh, but things are a little different this year, Lisa. Could you talk a little bit about that? You know what's going on with that grant, and just in general, what's going on with exporting by New Hampshire companies? Well, obviously, this year with COVID, there's far less traveling taking place. Um, you know, in the past, New Hampshire companies would be sending over people around the world to, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, meet with their counterparts and sales reps and. Uh, you know, just kind of continue their business operations overseas. Uh, this year, what's happening is, well, it's all taking place virtually, like like all other business on Zoom uh, video chats. So the STEP grant, uh, the state of New Hampshire had received $225,000 in STEP funding, which is about what they've received in the past, to help businesses, mainly with things like market research, um, making business connections over Zoom, uh, they also have access, you know, to federal uh, programs like there's the, um, you know, services through the U.S. Commercial Service where they try to help them, you know, break into a new uh, country market and find a counterpart over there, say a supplier or someone so that they can, um, you know, expand their sales overseas. Um, so what's interesting is that, you know, the STEP grant in the past would help companies attend trade shows in person. Now with COVID, I mean, some trade shows that were planning on taking place in the spring were pushed back to the fall and now have postponed to 2021 or 2022. However, others are taking place virtually. So um, a lot of people are holding virtual meetings and it just shows that business is continuing just in another format as they kind of prepare and make sure they're positioned well to that when uh, travel opens back up and they can meet face to face. Yeah, I mean, is there is there any idea when that might happen? Is that, they just are they, talking about 2021 for real or because I know that we had uh, I talked to some people recently about how internationally they're not even thinking of holding events in many places until the fall of 2021. So I was wondering if that's something that's being discussed. I, I think what I found so much in my reporting when I asked people about that is it's just completely unknown. I mean, we see too that, uh, you know, the commercial airline industry is really tech you know up in the air in terms of what is going to happen i mean i we've heard things like 2024 until commercial air travel returns to normal and so you know an interesting side uh, point to that is that new hampshire companies 
um, aerospace and um, you know spacecraft parts are one of our biggest exports. Uh, so um, with what happened with you know Boeing having to stop production of the, the the plane it was working on, as well as COVID taking a hit to the commercial airline industry, there are New Hampshire companies that have lost significant business from that. However, um, uh, there's still a lot of uh, defense business going on on that side in terms of airplane parts. Uh, so just kind of circling back to in terms of travel, um, I think that businesses realize that you know they're itching to get back out there. It's not like Zoom meetings are going to stop any sort of international business, but they're just kind of in the meantime trying to maintain relationships, trying to create new relationships on Zoom meetings, and considering you know what sort of presentation you have making a first impression via Zoom um, and just preparing themselves for whenever travel might take place, whether it's later in 2021 or even later than that. Yeah, because I know that one of the things that was really interesting over the last decade or so is that businesses were, were not only eager to, they were encouraged by some various government agencies and grants from federal and state government to just try to explore new markets and go to other parts of the world where they hadn't been before. But I I, I find it hard to believe it. You, you just kind of go on a Zoom meeting and you're going to make connections with people in a country that you've never had business before. It's got to be got to be pretty difficult, I would think, if you were, if a company was trying to do that to explore even newer markets. It's I mean it's not instant. These are things that like you you make an introduction and you have to keep talking and, yeah. and developing that relationship and making your point too of you know why should they um, work with you to export this. Uh, you know, certain uh, products. Yeah. But I mean, it's interesting when you look at what New Hampshire's top exports are, uh, yeah. like I said, aircraft parts, but also uh, pharmaceuticals and medical yeah. devices are up there and other sort of like electrical machinery. So you can see that we really, um, companies in New Hampshire make these crucial items that are very necessary to, you know, the industrial world and in the ways it impacts us too with like commercial airlines. Um, so it, it's, you know, business keeps chugging along, but obviously, uh, it's, it's not something that's just done overnight. And that's why there's grants like the step grant to help companies kind of, um, you know, not have to be, uh, putting their own finances on the line to do this, but get a little bit of assistance that can boost them into new international markets. So like with the step grant, actually the deadline, um, they, they had already announced, uh, plans to uh, allow businesses to apply to the step grant before it was announced that New Hampshire had received one. So Friday is the deadline for all manufacturers and other types of businesses in New Hampshire to apply for step funding, whether it's even just doing market research or it's, um, you know, to attend a virtual trade show and set up appointments with. Wow, so oh, the deadline's Friday? Friday. Um, we're not having this discussion next Wednesday. I mean, I, so what, what should, what should, companies do if they're looking for, to, to get some of that money? What, what, what they, they should visit NewHampshireExportAssistance.com. They'll see a tab there that says export grants, and then they can click on the step grant. And there's a whole packet of information to let them know about eligibility guidelines, um, kind of give them tips on what ways they can use step grant funding. I mean, what's interesting this year, 
is that um, there were businesses that had received step grants to attend trade shows that some of them didn't happen. And so the Office of International Commerce has been working with them to you know, either decide, okay, were they going to attend a virtual trade show instead, or were there other things to consider in terms of how they could uh, beef up their website, look at who's visiting their website, and maybe that could give them insight into, oh, wow, there's someone from, you know, say, Saudi Arabia um, looking into their uh, company, and they could say, maybe that's a new market we should look into that we never considered, but obviously we've seen some interest from. So um, it, it really is kind of preparing them for what it sounds like is eventually there'll be that big opening when everybody will be wanting to mingle in person and so uh, that, you know, they can make sure they have all their research done and they've, you know, started to develop those relationships virtually. So, so, uh, so would you say that the uh, parameters are a little looser this year than they had been, but for the, they're not as specific for the, uh, for the, to get the grant as it was last year, I want to go to the, to the Air, the uh, International Aerospace Show in Frankfurt or something, as opposed to I want to boof up my website and make sure you know I have it in I have a version in you know German or whatever. Is this is is this am I am I am I getting the right idea about how how these grants will be working? Are they different this year? Uh, well, I think there's always been some flexibility with the step grant in terms of you know like I said just making sure it's either market research in, in some fashion. Just in what ways can they help a company? with breaking into a new market. Um, so I, I'm not sure if the guidelines have changed at all, but except for the fact though, actually it's a little stricter because this year uh, companies only have one year to use up their step grant versus in the past they had two years. Okay. Um, and that's a change from the Small Business Administration. So, um, you know, I mean, I think that the Office of International Commerce is pretty good at working with companies to ensure that they get the most value out of their step grant. And I know that when I, you know, two years ago, I attended the um, Farnborough Air Show outside of London, and I got to see there were five New Hampshire companies and one from Vermont that, um, you know, were in attendance and were, you know, having meetings and had their trade booths set up there. And um, you just kind of see in person like how it works with, you know, it's all about networking and just kind of making the business case for why they, you know, should, you know, work with their counterparts abroad. Mm. And there's no, there's been no explanation about why they they, they changed the the time frame for the for the grant. It's just some kind of, uh, well, I guess things are so weird nowadays anyway, especially with various government agencies when it comes to assistance to, to businesses. I guess nothing nothing uh, surprises me anymore. I imagine it's easier to track that way. But hey, I did want to outline, you know, it's interesting to see what countries that we are trading the most with. And so as of July, our top trade partners are Germany, Canada, mm. Ireland, Mexico, and China. And when I asked wow. about, you know, what are some, you know, trends or what are some new markets that could open up? Um, so what's interesting is, uh, spacecraft parts actually is uh, something that New Hampshire companies may really benefit from because you know they make all sorts of components that are used in aircraft and spacecraft and I said well is that just you know internally with uh, SpaceX in the US and I was told no no Australia uh, the UK and I think Ireland and specifically are looking at beefing up their space programs and so there's a lot of opportunities for New Hampshire businesses there. Ireland is wow that's interesting. Well, it used to just be it used to just belong to the US and Russia, but not anymore, apparently. So 
And as Sun Ross said, space is the place. So anyway, Lisa, I want to thank you so much for talking with us about it. And once again, could you give us that website again so if people are interested in applying for these grants, considering the time yes, the clock is ticking? So it's this Friday is the deadline. Um, so that is October 9th then, New Hampshire. It's actually nhexportassistance.com and they can click on the tab export grants and then click on the step grant. Excellent. Thanks so much and we'll be right back. For more than 52 years, TF Moran has been a leading land planning and engineering firm with offices in both Bedford and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Their professional service areas include civil, structural, and traffic engineering, land surveying, landscape architecture, environmental, shoreland, and wetland permitting, stormwater monitoring, as well as other construction support services. TF Moran utilizes the latest technology, putting their expertise to work to deliver high-quality, cost-effective, and low-impact solutions to best serve their clients. TF Moran is involved in some of New Hampshire's largest development projects, such as the SNHU Milliard Parking Garage in downtown Manchester, Woodmont Commons in Londonderry, and Whole Foods and the Market and Main development in Bedford. TF Moran is deeply committed to the communities in which its team members live and work. It's honored to have received the New Hampshire 200 Award and the Business Excellence Award from New Hampshire Business Review. They were voted the best of business in the engineering category for the last eight years in a row. Please visit tfmoran.com to view their project portfolio and learn more. Okay, let's uh, once again switch gears, go to Act Two. And this time we have Bob Sanders, our staff writer. Bob's been hard at work asking and compiling answers to a, a questionnaire we've put together for the major candidates in all of the statewide elections. Well, not really state, in the two statewide elections, the governor and, and the Senate, uh, US Senate, and also for the two congressional districts. So that's half the state on each one for the other two. So. We'll call them statewide for lack of a better all-encompassing phrase. Uh, anyway, so Bob, could you just talk a little bit about the, what you've seen so far? But before I, before I forget, this, the, the results will be published in our October 23rd issue. Uh, so we're eager to, you know, right before the election to get people an idea of what's been going on in their heads of the candidates. Uh, anyway, Bob, so could you give us an idea of what some of the preliminary uh, results look like? Well, uh, first, I, I just want to talk a little bit about what's kind of at stake here. Um, in the, the federal election right now, we're talking about this aid package. Um, and uh, as you know, there's a big difference. And just even talk of it falling apart has the stock market tumbling. And, uh, you know, we got about $2.5 billion in aid and uh, uh, last time. And that was just from the PPP. Um, even more, and um, and the economy has been doing okay considering this huge unemployment. Um, and the question is whether that's going to continue or not, and how much. And um, and that's the uh, candidates are uh, and in and so so the the um, the I mean the candidates reflect their parties in this. Uh, you have a uh, um, the current. Uh, uh, you, and the truth is, nothing is really going to change in New Hampshire. You have um, 
all the incumbents have a, a huge advantage, including the Republican governor and the Democratic uh, delegation. But um, on the on the Senate side, anyhow, you have um, Senator Shaheen, who was big in the PPP negotiations, saying she basically is disappointed in the Republican um, uh, Senate proposal, which would give about a third of the aid that the House is proposing. So we're talking three trillion as opposed to one trillion. And you have the um, uh, her, her opponent, Corky Mesner, um, going for basically a trillion, the Senate's position. Um, as you know, this is thrown all open because uh, uh, the president has decided not to negotiate, at least as of yesterday. Um, but we never know where his tweets are going and who they'll hit. So um, we're, we're not sure if those negotiations are going to happen before the election or after the election. Uh, but this pandemic's going to last a long time. And the question of how much assistance is going to be coming from the federal government you know, to help the state the gov government is going to be crucial way after this. Um, so that's on the federal level. Um, I Maybe I should ask, go pause for questions before I go into the state a little bit. <laughs> yeah, why don't we, why, yeah, I don't want to confuse, at the risk of confusing me some more. Let's, let, you know, let's do this. I want to just talk a little about, about this federal, the federal races. Now, as you said, you know, like the president has uh, last night, said he didn't want to talk anymore until after the election and then apparently early in the middle of the, this morning he said he would like some money for paycheck protection but no one's really sure what that means so just for for, for all intents and purposes as of as of recording this there are there will be no talks on this now what 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 are the the stands in particular on the in the federal candidates on let's just say we have talks begin some date in the future. What do uh, Congresswoman Custer, Congresswoman Custer, Congressman Pappas, and their opponents, Matt Mowers and Corky Mester, what what are their stance, and how how do they differ? Well, I'm I'm still reviewing some of the congressional. I did uh, look at uh, Congress uh, uh, Negren, who was uh, opposing Pappas, uh, now opposing Custard. Um, and he was even more conservative about funds. He was thinking we don't even have to give any more money if the economy isn't shut down. Though what exactly he means by shut down, of course, we, we don't really know. So he's even more uh, reluctant for federal funds. Uh, in terms of the senators, one of the big questions is the unemployment uh, assistance. Uh, there was 600 coming um, in the original CARES Act. That ran out. Uh, the President Trump was able to get an executive order for about a month or a little more than a month. Uh, it's 300 bucks and that's run out. And um, so Shaheen sort of says 600 is where you start from. And, and uh, Mesner is saying 300 is where you start from. And, um, and so that's they, they both think that there need to be some enhanced unemployment going forward. Mm -hmm. The question is how much, and uh, but no one's no one's giving their figure. Uh, 
so that's that that is a crucial question the question uh in terms of of uh ppp um is how much is going forward whether there's going to be more money in the pot or whether they'll just have to uh, be able to spend 130 billion which doesn't sound like a small chunk of change but uh whether uh uh businesses will be able who have applied before will be able to apply again and this is crucial because that money was available until august 8th and the last month or so nobody touched it because um they already the ones that wanted already got it pretty much um, yeah so that's that's uh so now the question is will they be able to have another shot at that so that's going on the federal level um and uh, as state you have uh Sununu, who is uh being challenged by dan feltz who is the uh, uh former senator well current senator until inauguration or whatever state senator, transfer. Yes. Yes. yes state senator uh challenging him he's the ma uh, majority leader and um and so there's uh there's some i mean because Sununu's uh was very proactive on the pandemic it's going to be hard for uh Feltis to to beat him um but there's something else that a lot of people aren't paying attention to and that is um whether Sununu retains his veto power in other words will there be a change in the legislature um you expect um if people split their vote for Sununu, in other words, there's there's a big anti-Trump, um, mm. which is expected, and they split their vote with Sununu, which is expected according to the polls. Yeah. The question is, will they split their vote for their state rep? Will mm. they split their vote for the state senator? Sununu has been very high profile, but the legislature has been as low profile as you can get. And yeah. so, you know, Sununu can collect all the, the credit. I mean, he's been handing out $1.25 billion of money uh, and, you know, very publicly and in weekly or biweekly newscasts. Uh, here's money for the art. Here's money for so-and-so. And he comes out looking very good. The legislature yeah. hasn't been able to do crap. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And the question is, if Sununu loses his veto-proof majority, all sorts of issues: minimum wage, yeah. family medical leave, um, where the 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 two candidates are way apart. Um, you know how much money goes on unemployment? There might be some state money going for unemployment, which would affect the unemployment uh, fund, which will affect business taxes. There's mm. all sorts of issues that, um, and you know, Sununu hasn't exactly been like out there campaigning for you know, the state legislature, he's been, his commercials have been going for congressional candidates who are frankly, probably going to lose. Uh, and uh, to trying to shore them up, I think he maybe helps his national profile, but it may not help him next year if there's a, you know, if the Democrats have enough to overturn his vetoes, and that's a possibility. Yeah, well, I just have to say, just as a caveat, you know, stranger things have happened. So, been around long enough. Both of us have been around long enough to know. You never know what can happen. But I, th I think your analysis is pretty right now. Just thinking about it today, it, it does seem likely that the governor will be elected pretty handily. 
but like you said, it's it it does all it all depends on that ground game that the two parties, you know, the Democrats and Republicans have in terms of getting their down ticket candidates uh, elected. And just on the face of it, I do know that the Democrats have more resources, financial resources, and that's so that scenario can play out. I, which would be much different for 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 Governor Sinner's third term, considering he's had, uh, you know, quite a uh, an easy way of vetoing right now. You know, he, his vetoes have been sustained almost all of them have been. But uh, if it does play out to be that, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll make life a little bit more uh, exciting for people who cover the state house, right, Bob? And for businesses that might be affected <laughs> by all these policies. Yes. Exactly. 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 Well, that's really interesting. So you know, maybe as uh, we get closer to the uh, to the election, we can talk a little bit more about the results and talk a little about about the uh, about what's coming up in the election, what to expect. But in the meantime, uh, we'll be signing off right now. And thanks to Lisa Ryla, Bob Sanders, and Ernesto Burden, our publisher and producer. And be well, everybody, and see you next week. <laughs>